This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. Conor McGregor is pay-per-view, even when he's not fighting. It was worth five quid, wasn't it? That's what people are to saying. To be fair, it was, it was worth five was quid. Worth even five though quid. I got mine illegally, it was worth five quid. <laughs> Nick's got a bone to pick with Cowboy Sir on it. Why fight a guy who's ranked 15 in the world? In Denver, a month after you've just had a fight and had your head scrambled. And Nick is boasting. He told us to look out for Nagano at UFC Denver. And boy, did he deliver. It's like the dream of any coach. That someone walks in your gym, 6'6", a natural athlete and a complete beast with shovels for hands. <laughs> and they go, can you make me a fighter, please? And you just go, a fucking ching Yes, I can. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 72 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Hope you are well. Thank you so much for coming to join us for our UFC chat. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, you can do very simply via our website. It's all uh, quite nice, our website, even though we're not going to praise uh, producer Mike anymore. Because last week he decided that he wasn't going to listen to the UFC episode for some reason. I don't know why, so he didn't get our praise for him. Exactly. Of which we bollocked him for at the weekend. So yeah. now he's been listening right now. You're not getting any more praise, son. Not any more praise. But our website is there for you, fightdisciples.com. Go and have a little uh, nosy around. All our previous episodes are there and you can also subscribe to our podcast so you never miss out on any of our uh, any of our weekly content. Um, now then, let's get stuck straight into it. Away from the octagon, because everybody's talking about Connor in Manchester, right? Everybody's talking about Connor in Manchester. Um, it was Nick's birthday last week, so we all obviously went out for a few bevies for uh, for Nick's birthday. The first thing I did when I got in, even though Frampton uh, was fighting, the yeah. first thing I did was go online and watch back what Conor McGregor had been doing uh, in Manchester. Ariel Hawani had come over. Uh, to Manchester, they'd hide out Event City. Five thousand people sat down for a lovely meal, had a right old chin wag and what have you. Connor comes out on stage in his Rolls Royce because he's the fucking face of Rolls Royce, <laughs> and then does this interview. I thought Ariel Hawani was actually quite good. Some of the questions that he asked him because he asked, he asked a lot of questions that people were dying to know the answers for because yep. Connor's gone, he's gone underground, he's gone Jack Black, hasn't he? Jack, Jack Bauer, he's, he's gone, Jack Bauer, yeah. he's gone proper underground. But he didn't hold back, even though he's been uh, out, out of the limelight for maybe a couple of weeks. Didn't hold back, did he? No, definitely not. Went straight in, just told you how it was, man. Exactly. It was uh, It was worth five quid, wasn't it? That's what people are to saying. To be fair, it was, it was, it was worth five quid. Worth even five though I got quid. mine illegally, it was worth five quid. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, It all pays. It's it's worrying because moving forward now, what else are we going to have to pay Connor to do? We're Mate. paying him just to do Q&As now, so... It, it, it's frightening to think where this is gonna gonna end. Well, the know? big question, the big question, Nick. Come on, let's get straight to it because we we alluded to it on our boxing show yesterday. Because Mayweather was talking about it in America. He was at the Frampton fight. Yeah. He said that, listen, yeah, I'm, I'm, coming, I'm back. coming back. I'm coming back. It's going to happen. He didn't actually say those words specifically, but he didn't deny it. Yeah. It's happening. And it's Conor. And it's Conor McGregor. He wants Conor McGregor. Meanwhile, in Manchester, Conor McGregor goes end of 2017, start of 2018. It's going to be Floyd Mayweather. This fight is happening. Yeah. End of yeah. Maybe. Mate, come on. End of it is happening. The, the, the money stacks up. These guys love money. Look at him. He come out in a fucking Rolls Royce to an interview. <laughs> He's just charged me five quid, which I didn't pay, to watch him speak. This is going to happen. I, 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 I agree. But Christ, we've got some hurdles to get over yet, though. 
the biggest. You of are which, now approaching this from the, the biggest UFC's of, point of view. Yeah, yeah. This, this is obviously our UFC show. Change me. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday's like show, it. we were talking about yeah, boxing. Yeah, I like that. So yesterday we talked about the boxing thing. This is now from that the was UFC the Mayweather angle. angle. Why it's got to happen? Okay. Why it will happen? Give me it from the UFC. Now I've point got of view. the UFC hat on. Go on. There's gone. There's some serious hurdles to get over. One of which, of course, are those three letters. UFC own Connor's ass. He is signed to that promotion. Mm. He is exclusively signed to that promotion. He can only fight for that promotion. So, first of all, the, the negotiations have got to go through the UFC, or a deal has got to be struck mm. where the UFC go, okay, we'll, we'll we'll allow you, our fighter, to compete in a boxing ring against Floyd Mayweather for our X slice of the pie. But the UFC, especially Dana White, are not stupid. They know this is a billion-dollar fight. Yeah. They know it doesn't get any bigger than this. This is going to break all the records in terms of finances, at least. And everybody loves that paper in the UFC, man. Exactly. So they basically, when when asked about it at the weekend at the Shevchenko Penna fight, Dana White just shut it right down. Yeah. Dana White just went, yeah, there's, mu- there's as much chance of me playing backup quarterback to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl at the weekend as there is of that fight happening. And then someone pushed him on it and was like, you know, it's it may, may, you know, uh, across the pond. Mayweather said this. Yeah, Mayweather said McGregor this. Said and McGregor's this. just said that. You know, these guys are making it happen. And and Dana's remark was, well, I'll get suited up then, meaning I'll put me NFL gear on then. Because it is adamant it ain't happening because right now, Mayweather's saying negotiations aren't going to happen. Yeah. Connor's like, yep, yeah, it'll definitely happen end yeah. of the year. But whether them two guys are talking, them camps are talking to each other, whatever crack on talk as much as you like but Dana White's attitude from what Dana White's saying it's clear that Dana White is not involved in any negotiations yet or the UFC yeah. are not heavily involved in negotiations and the reasons yet. for that Connor alluded to this in the interview mm-hmm. because he's alluded on several occasions to the Ali Act yeah, yeah. which allows a fighter to which we've talked about on yeah. the podcast previously so we spoke about this previously where a fighter is allowed to in effect break contracts yes because of the Ali Act yes and do what the fuck he wants. Exactly. So we said this when he first got his California license. It wasn't to box in California. He just happened to be in California. <laughs> and a lawyer has gone, listen, the Ali Act doesn't cover MMA, but it does cover boxing. Yeah. And the Ali Act, basically, part of it is that if you're signed to a promoter and that promoter is holding you to ransom yeah. or won't allow you to go and make money with a different promotion or whatever, you can enforce the Ali Act, you can basically break that contract and you can go and have that fight or whatever it may be. Now, the UFC, they don't abide by the Ali Act, but this is boxing and boxing does abide by the Ali Act. So there's a whole lot of dirty courtroom drama to come. Or there's nego- getting the UFC involved in negotiations. Now, some of the other com- comments that Conor made at the weekend where he was saying, fuck the UFC, yeah. fuck, fuck the WWE, because he's, he's been offered stuff with the WWE. He's been offered WrestleMania and everything else. Mm. And he's just like, fuck everybody. I'm Conor McGregor. Well, he said he I'll set up McGregor Promotions. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. McGregor Promotions is here, man. That's exactly. it. End of. Done. Yeah. I'm the boy. Exactly. So McGregor Mayweather joint promotion in a boxing ring. Potentially is what they're thinking. Cut the UFC out of this. Yeah, we'll just go and do a. Of course, that's fight. what they're thinking. They don't want the UFC I'm, involved. I'm telling you now, there's there's some blood to be shed in the in the courtrooms if that's going to happen. It will get incredibly messy. Don't forget that you without the UFC, we wouldn't even have Conor McGregor. They gave absolutely. him that platform. Absolutely. Now I don't agree that he owes them anything. He's made them an awful lot of money, just like they've made him an awful lot of money. Yeah. See his his relationship was very much with the Fatitas. Yeah. You know, we had a great relationship with Lorenzo Fatita. 
His relationship with Dana White broke down a long time ago, we're led to believe. He would negotiate directly with Lorenzo and kind of bypass Dana, which Dana didn't like. And so they've, they've that relationship's always been a quite friction. Yeah. But now the new owners have come in and the Fatitas have gone. You know, because Connor come out quite publicly and his coach, um, uh, John Kavanagh. Yeah. They both come out and was like, listen, the new owners bought the UFC like weeks ago. No one's phoned us. No one's even reached out to speak to Connor. The top boy and you're in thinking, the franchise. If you buy that promotion... You speak to the top boy. The second person you speak... You buy, you, you go, right, okay, get Connor in here now. Yeah. Get Rousey in here now. Yeah. They're the people we've got to keep happy. To not speak to him at all. Connor, that's like so much disrespect. That's why Connor, when his last fight was like, yeah, I'll that's fu- why he's saying fuck my the next UFC. fight. I want fifty million. I want to slice the pie. You know why? Why are all these TV hosts and people buying the UFC, buying twenty million or fifty million pounds worth of shares? Sound okay? Yeah, do that. You know, for my next fight, I want fifty million in shares because I'm building this shit. And he's kind of right. He's hundred percent right. All that power because, that in fact, wants. he's the product. All he's, the new, all the new the eyes, all the new eyes that are coming to the UFC. Now there'll be people that listen to our show that are thinking to themselves, "Well, I'm an hardcore fan, and I've been here since uh, the Gracie and all this type of stuff." Yeah, yeah, sound right. And it was slowly building, building, building. Over the last two to three years, we have seen this thing go fucking mental. There's a reason yeah. why it was sold for four billion dollars, right? Yeah, it's gone absolutely bonkers. Ronda Rousey, as you just mentioned, is one of those things. Obviously, mm-hmm. with what she's done for uh, the female angle to the sport. Yeah. We've got some fantastic mixed martial artists in the male divisions. We've talked about Demetrius Johnson, all these types of guys, brilliant artists. Yeah. But it needed that X Factor. It needed somebody that could back up um, what they're doing in the octagon outside of the octagon, somebody that can transcend the octagon. Like a showman. Absolutely. That showman. The WWE element. Exactly. That's what sells in America. McGregor is that guy. 100%. And he is a large reason as to why they've just paid yeah. four billion dollars for it so for them to not have a conversation with him it's so strange it's bonkers so strange. and listen you know <clears throat> i'm kind of bought into the fact that they should let him do it they should let him go and have a boxing match because if Floyd he chins him because if he catches him it's phenomenal and everybody phenomenal. comes back to the ufc exactly and if he gets beat they go our, our mixed martial arts champion of the world just lost the boxing match so what Guys, guys go into Metamoris and, and these jiu-jitsu tournaments. And, you know, John Jones fought in a jiu-jitsu tournament. Yeah. Uh, a grappling tournament, sorry, and beat and beat Dan Henderson or whatever. You know what I mean? So it was like, well, you're not losing anything there. It's a, it's a different sport. It's a different event. This is mixed martial arts. One element is boxing. Just because he loses to a bo- basically the best boxer of this generation, that's not that's not bad. But we've made a nice slice of the pie there. We've had our name on the posters of the richest fight in history, even though it's nothing to do with mixed martial arts. Our champion comes back. He's still a two-weight world champion. Well done, Connor. You filled your bank balance. Right, okay. Who do you want to fight next? Make the ass trilogy. (laughs) Sound. You know what I mean? It makes sense for them. It will only make him a bigger star and thus them a bigger star. I think the more they back off, the more they don't bring him into conversations and kind of alienate him, which is what we're led to believe has kind of been going on. Yeah. The more things like McGregor promotions and, you know, alternative routes. Dangerous. Of course. Because Connor's the money. Connor's so, he's got so much power right now and the UFC must realise that. But obviously, see, the strength of the UFC was always the fact that 
the biggest star in the UFC was UFC. Absolutely. You know, you could argue Dana White was a bigger star than anybody. Yeah. You know, there was a, and they treat the fighters like that, or they did traditionally. You Hence know. all these unions and, exactly. and, and shit like that. Well, listen, People I, want a, big, a bigger I piece of the to, pie. I spoke to Frankie Edgar, it must have been about two years ago now, and I was chatting to him about the situation at UFC and what it was like to be world champion and stuff. And he said, it's still mixed up. He said, I he won his world title belt, the lightweight title. And he said, the next morning, they got up, they all went to the airport, all the UFC crew and everything. He said, and I got onto the plane, went into my seat in economy class, put the world title belt in the overhead locker. He said, and I looked up, and the fucking ringside girls were in first class. He said, that is what's wrong with the UFC. And it's caught up with them, man. It's caught up with them because they've got a star like Connor that's changed the game. And now we're seeing increasingly people going, I ain't fighting for that. You know, we we're sat, for the first time in the UFC, we are seeing legit people like... Alia Quinta from New York, yeah. UFC New York, come up, right? Al, you're fighting this guy. Okay, how much? Well, this much. Fuck that. I ain't doing that. And he pulled out. He went, no, nah, I would love to fight in New York, my home state, but I can't afford to fight here on that money. It makes no sense because my camp would cost this and my nutrition is this and my coaches cost this. And I want to wage out of it, money. mate. Why exactly. am I going to risk my life for that? So now he's a real estate agent. He's a part-time real estate agent in New York. Mad. And it, there's, there's talk now that, the, anyway, they're, they're trying to bring him back in, everything else. But people are starting to realise, without the fighters, it's nothing. Do you know what I mean? UFC is huge. But now you've got Bellator biting at the heels a little bit, doing shows all over the world. They're giving fighters another option, mm. another another place to get a wage. So, And then Connor is obviously doing Connor's thing. And fighters are going, yeah, Connor's right. You know, but looking back, when Connor used to say, why the fuck is John Jones driving a, a, a rental car around Albuquerque, smoking weed and blah, blah? He said, I'm not even world champion yet, and I don't drive anywhere. I get limos. I have private jets. I'm fucking Connor. Mag-. You know what I mean? And he was right. Yeah, yeah. He was like, all these world champions in the UFC are, li- are living like nine to five people. You know what I mean? You're a world champion. You're a pay-per-view draw. And yet you're living in a normal house, driving a normal car, having to go to work. Your wife still has to work. You've got to look after... They've got these lives around them, and you think... Connor's the one that come in and went, if I'm going to be a champion in the UFC, I'm going to be a superstar, and I'll be treated like a superstar. And now the rest of them are catching up with them. What do you reckon about his comments? Back to mixed martial arts, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's going to brew. As you've just mentioned, there's a lot to get through before we see that fight. It's going to be ugly. Um, he's out of action at this moment in time, as we fully well know, because he's spending time with his missus. They're expecting a baby. That's yep. going to be May. So, little boy. Yeah. Little he's, boy. Well, he's announced that uh, there's a little McGregor. So maybe we, in years to come, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The, the the offspring might be doing the thing. That's right. Um, but he, he was obviously asked and pressed questions on the divisions that he is still two-weight world champion, his words. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he, he was obviously asked about the upcoming fight between Ferguson and uh, Khabib. Yeah. And he said that he slapped the head off those turkeys. Right? <laughs> that, they're, that they're fighting for a Mickey Mouse interim belt. Who gives a fuck about that shit is basically <laughs> what he said. Um, and I think he actually used the term dog shit. He referred to every every fighter in the mixed martial art, in mixed martial arts in the UFC that he was taught and uh, and linked with. He referred to them as dog shit. So you've got Khabib, you've got Tony, Taron Woodley was thrown in there, obviously, in the welterweight division. Yeah. He did poo-poo all this, for want of a pun, because he's obviously, his focus is Mayweather, right? Yeah. He, 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 he was shunning the lot. But if he does come back to the UFC, where does he go? Welterweight. Who, who does he fight? I think he fights for the welterweight title. He fights Taron Woodley. Or, or, or whoever's obviously there. Obviously, if, if Wonderboy beats Woodley, I think he, he goes in against Wonderboy. Or, you know... He goes in against the Anderson Silver or just something fucking mental. You know what I mean? I just wouldn't bet against it because that's if he comes back. 
Yeah. If he fights for Mayweather me, the, and for me, catches the, Mayweather, mm. who does he fight then? Well, the, well, for me, the only one for me is Nate. That's the only fight I can yeah, really see. Yeah, the trilogy fight. Yeah. Connor seems quite adamant that will happen as well, that trilogy fight at yeah. some point. But, um, but see, the Mayweather thing is it's just because it's completely off the reservation. Yeah. And it's going to make so much money. You just don't know what comes after that, you know. And you know the next, the new season of Game of Thrones is coming out soon. Connor's in that. He says he's not. Oh right, I thought he, I thought you said he was in that. No, he says he's not. Oh right, okay, that's a he's vicious rumour. Yeah, it? no, he's the, there was a rumour going around, and a lot of people said that he done is. It. Yeah, yeah. But he has he said that he isn't in it. Right. He also was talked about movies and shit like that because we spoke about movies and the, and the commercial angle that he can go through. He must be getting so many invitations now. Pre- new stuff. Predator film. A new wow. Predator film. He was offered the new Predator film. He was going to take it, but he had to commit to being in Toronto for eight weeks, so he told him to fuck off. <laughs> so he was going to be in that. Yeah. I mean, this is we're talking big, man. Yeah, this yeah. is big-ass shit. Of course. Some serious money knocking about. But yeah, I saw that rumour about Game of Thrones, and I was dead excited about that, because obviously I think they're filming that at the back end of this year. Yeah. And again, it was a commitment regarding being away from home, new baby, so he told them to fuck off as well. <laughs> That's how big this guy is. Yeah, no, exactly. he, he can turn that shit down. He doesn't want to do that stuff. Unbelievable. It's unreal. It's uh, that's why. Listen, this it's gonna be, it's gonna be another incredible year for Connor. Whatever he chooses to do is gonna make an awful lot of money, and I just think right now, the UFC need Connor more than Connor needs the UFC, and they've never had that before with anybody. They've never experienced it where the fighter should the new owners not be aware of that stuff though because they're not new to the management of talent game oh god no well that's what they do IMG they manage Hollywood talent you know that's that, that's what they're all about um, it's a strange one I don't know whether they're kind of trying to are they trying to cut Connor loose maybe are they trying to distance themselves because they realise mm. there's a court case coming up with the whole Floyd Mayweather thing or you know are they waiting for the for the for for it to brew up and then they're going to swoop in and go right we're going to do this thing this is how it's going to be done I don't know. It's a uh, it's a strange one because the UFC's new owners aren't doing much talking anyway. You know, we've talked about this on the show. It's it's incredibly quiet. Uh, we're still waiting for main cards to be announced for the Q1 of this year. Never mind Q2. So it's a strange situation with the new owners. You know, we're waiting for them to make this big announcement. Who is running the company? Is it being run out of the Zuff- the, the old Zuffer offices mm. in Las Vegas, or is it actually being run out of IMG in Hollywood? Or you know, we just don't know at the moment. All of all fans were in the dark, but it will come to light. But the first question that should be asked is, what's going on with Conor McGregor? You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast now. Even though Conor had a bigger uh, turnout just for him speaking at the weekend than uh, UFC Denver, uh, <laughs> which obviously he made fully, he made everybody fully aware of that situation. People have come out to watch him speak rather than watch other people fight. Um, there was some fighting going on at the weekend. So let's get to it, shall we? Uh, because we were excited about uh, the main event. We were excited about Cowboy. Gobsmacked with what happened with Cowboy, but we'll get it to him in a minute. Yep. Uh, the main event was obviously Valentina Shevchenko against Juliana Pena. Um, I got this so wrong, man. I got this so wrong. I honestly thought that Pena would get her, the knees. I watched the fight and the knees were going in and I'm thinking, yes, Pena, this is where we're going, superb stuff. I never in a million years saw uh, Shevchenko chucking in uh, submission via armbar at any point. I've never seen that before. I just thought, nah, it's going to be... I didn't think it would be an easy fight. I thought it would be a tough fight, but I thought Pena would come out on top. Obviously, the reason why we're excited about this fight is because this is obviously who... 
uh, the eliminator for uh, Amanda Nunes, yeah. who was octagon side. Mm-hmm. Shevchenko puts in a killer performance, yeah. um, gets it via tap out. Nunes is ringside. They have a little bit of a chat. Yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? Mate, great. They're just, they're just, yeah, exactly. Just kind the, of uncomfortable. Uh, the language barrier both, was a little both bit in odd. Bro- yeah, exactly. Both <laughs> in broken English. Have, yeah, 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 trying yeah. to have a go at each other. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> but what a great performance from Shevchenko. It this was. sets up now the, the rematch. Exactly, yeah. And you know what? When the fight started and the pattern it was starting, obviously Penna was all about putting Shevchenko up against the fence, keeping her there, throwing them knees to the body, not giving her the distance. You know, you don't give Shevchenko any space because she's such an elite tie fighter, unbelievable tie fighter. So that's the that's the tactic: get your head on her chest, get her against the fence, dirty boxing, elbows, knees, yeah. all that kind of business. But Shevchenko really turned it on because you know she timed she timed them two takedowns brilliantly with the trips. She just catch that knee, little trip over. But a, a top position, their ground game was just solid like that. That arm Never seen that finish, before. That was that was an excellent finish. No one's seen that coming from her because, as I say, she's an elite level Mai Tai fighter. But mm. as she said at the end, I'm an elite level mixed martial artist now. I've got everything. I've completely rounded my game. And she's got such a strange background. Obviously, she's Eastern European, but she's lived in Peru for such a long time. And she trains out of Peru. Nobody who trains out of Peru. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What kind of fight camp is in Peru? And yeah, she's she's an absolute killer. She mm. looks huge. I think it's a great fight. I'm looking forward to the rematch with I am uh, now. Penna, like, yeah? uh, with, with Nunes. Nunes sorry, I wasn't yeah? originally, because no. I just thought Nunes would smash it to bits. Yeah. But now, after watching that at the weekend, I'm like, hang on a minute, this might actually be a test. Yeah. Because, of, because you've just shown me something different. Exactly. We know what Nunes does. Mm-hmm. She comes, throws fists and knocks people out. That's what yeah. she does. But what's the rest of her game like, you know? Exactly. Compared to what we saw from Shevchenko. This could be a really good matchup. Yeah, I completely agree. It, uh, it really did. Like, uh, I, I didn't know whether this fight at the weekend was going to go off. I thought it might have been quite messy. I was totally expecting it to be on points. Yeah. It was all about Penner's aggression against Shevchenko's striking technique. But it wasn't. It was all about Shevchenko's ground game. Yeah. She completely and utterly... You know, blindsided everybody, especially Penna. Mm. And, uh, you know, she's fully deserving of that title shot now. And I'm, I'm like you, I think it's going to be a great fight. We did get some knockouts. We love a knockout on this yeah. show because obviously we, we, we just like to see people keel over. Simple as that. Yeah. However, again, man, I, my predictions this week have been absolutely shocking. In our boxing show, predicted a lot of outcomes. Um, that never materialised in the world of boxing. I've done exactly the same in the in the world of USC because of the tour that Cowboy was on. Yep. Okay, this was a real challenge for him, a 50-50 fight, but Cowboy's done an absolute tour at Welterweight. I thought he was going to do a job. I never saw that. He got absolutely dominated. First round, I thought it was over, mm-hmm. saved by the buzzer. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, second round kicks in. Good night. Ta-da. It was over, wasn't it? Let's be honest. He knocked him out right on the belt. I yep. thought, you know, they replayed Herb Dean's stepping in at the end of the first round. For me, it looked like he stepped in a split second before the hooter, like literally a split second. But then he made it clear, no, 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 the hooter had gone. It was the end of the round. So, you know, it wasn't like uh, Masvidal went and celebrated and stuff. He made it, as soon as he stepped in, he went, no, you haven't won, end of the round. It wasn't like Anderson Silver in London. Which was just (laughs) chaos. You know, he didn't have to pull him down off the fence and say, no, you haven't won yet. But it was a similar situation. But Cowboy was gone, wasn't he? He was sitting on that he stool. Out, he was out on his feet. And, you know, you could obviously you've got Brandon Gibson and Greg Jackson in the corner. They're trying to calm him down. And Greg Jackson's like, you ain't losing in Denver. But even then, you could see, there was nothing behind the eyes. He was just gone. He wasn't. And he, he was he was replying to Greg Jackson. Um, but he, he didn't know what day it was. Yeah, and then you knew when he took the stool away and he stood up, the doctor actually came to him and said, walk towards me, walk back. And he was just kind of still in a daze. And just, you were like, 
he, he's, he's he's getting he's, nailed. He's going to get nailed here, yeah. But in hindsight, I mean, look the, at to that be fair, fight. The, the finish, yeah, the shot that takes him down for the finish. Nine times out of ten, he he, he takes that shot. He does. But this is what I want to get onto. This is what I want to get onto though. In December, he fights Matt Brown, and okay, he stopped Matt Brown with that high kick, great finish. He got dropped before that. He was, that was a fight. That was like a proper little yeah. war until he got the high kick finish. So that was just December. He's had his brain scrambled in December. He'd been dropped then. Yes, he won the fight, but to go, I'll fight in Denver in a few weeks' time. It's like, well, wait, fuck it. You, you're on the cusp of a world title shot here. Mm. There's Wonder Boy and Woodley going at it. There's Damian Meyer behind them. And, and then, then it's him. you. Yeah, you're yeah. that close. Why fight a guy who's ranked 15 in the world? In Denver, a month after you've just had a fight and had your head scrambled, why risk it? You know, don't get me wrong, it's Cowboy. This is why we love him. It's beer swilling. You know, apparently he was at the Steel Panther gig the night before. So he got weighed in, went to a gig, and then fought the day after. This is why we love him. This is why we love Cowboy Cerrone. But at some stage, someone's got to get a grip of him and go, listen, you're that close to a world title fight. What do you want to be known as? Mismanagement, you know, wasn't it? Kind of, yeah, because he must he must be self-managed then. Someone needs to just say to him, listen, you're that close to a world title. Why risk it? A month after you've just been knocked down, mm. why risk it against the guy who's 15th in the world? Listen, we know it's Denver. You're, for, you're from Denver. It's great, but you've fought in Denver before. If you're going to fight in Denver, fight for the title in Denver. Tell the UFC, I want to f- fight Damian Meyer because whoever wins that fight the first is definitely in line. Mm. Why risk it against the guy ranked number 15 who now jumps above you to your number five spot and you tumble down the rankings? Mm. He's got to rebuild again then. I don't know. It was just a, it was a bad idea all round because Masvidal's a killer. Yeah. Masvidal's got quite a lot of rest- losses on his record, but when you look, a lot of those losses are split decisions. Yeah, because he has a habit of falling asleep in fights sometimes, or he certainly used to. Seems to have a bit of a rocket up his backside at the moment, and he looks like he's a bit of a killer uh, since he's re- reborn himself, if you like. But I, I, just watching it, I was like, oh man, cowboy! Like it's like three steps forward and five steps back again. You mentioned Nagano. You mentioned him last week, Francis Nagano. I said to you. You did. I said to the listeners, don't miss this guy. Against Arlovsky, this kid's the future. This kid is going to do something. Former champ, Arlovsky. Oh, my God. He didn't even catch him with a big shot. He cuffed him. He tapped him, didn't he? He cuffed him with like a left hook, and he was gone. But then did you see when he jumped on his back and threw that big Donkey Kong punch? Oh, my goodness. He nearly punched the beard off Arlovsky. (laughs) I was just like, man, you are legit. Like that Nagano is off, man. How far is he off? Come on, how far is he off, Stepe? Doing, doing people like that, he is literally he's a Junior De Santos, Cain Velasquez. He wants Junior De Santos next. He's come out and said away. That. He's one knockout away. He knocks out one of those three. He knocks out another former champion. Yeah, one of those three guys. Then My he, he's, he's got to, he's got it. He's got to, he's got to fight for the title. He's got to be the guy because he's. A superstar, and he's a look at him. He's like a big freak athlete, like yeah, a super man. athlete. But then you look at his story. You know, he escaped from like Cameroon, lived in France, had nothing, was homeless in France. But all the time he was traveling, apparently he was saying, "I want to be a professional boxer. If I get to France, I want to become a professional boxer." Lived rough on the streets, gets on, gets his, gets himself going, walks into a fight gym, but suddenly sees MMA and thinks, "Actually, yeah, I fancy a bit of that." I fancy a bit of the all action. And now, you know, it's like it's like the dream of any coach that someone walks in your gym, 6'6", six, six, a natural athlete, 
and a complete beast with shovels for hands. <laughs> and they go, can you make me a fighter, please? And you just go, cheddar fucking ching. Yes, I can. That's the dream. Like so many coaches have known over the years, certainly in MMA, but even boxing as well. Mm. So many coaches like... You don't uh, you don't know any like six six amateurs, do you? That are decent because you're like, yeah, because that's the it's the glamour division. Everybody wants a heavyweight, and the guys who've got Nugano must just be thinking, this is the money, man. This is the money. It's weird because he's based out of Paris. MMA's banned in MMA. Yeah, 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 in France at the moment. So, like every other coach likes of Greg Jackson, the opposite corner, must have been thinking, oh god, imagine what I can do with you. You know, imagine if he hooked up with a with a. You know, a legit gym, a big gym, States, yeah. a bigger gym, and stuff like that, which I'm sure will kind of will kind of happen naturally. But this guy is a beast, an absolute beast, and I'm going to say it now: future UFC heavyweight champion. Um, also on that main card, Jason Knight, he um, he tapped out Alex Caceres. I didn't see that coming either. No, um, no, and I also didn't see the call out at the end, mate. Do Ho Choi? He wants your boy. He wants Choi. He yeah. wants to. He wants. Uh, he wants him in there. The Wonder Boy. That's what it's all about. We talk about it all the time. Got to call Take him out. Opportunities and call someone out. You know, Jason Knight. I think I've seen him fight once previously. Never really took much attention. Obviously, the fight at the weekend he had the whole narrative that his dad had died a year to the day, and he was he was very emotional and everything else, and he. He fought like an absolute beast. And Caceres, you know, he's just had a half-decent 2016, so mm. he's a decent guy. But Jason Knight just completely commanded that fight. And, uh, you know, I think Duho Choi is a good fight for him. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Right, other news from uh, the world of UFC. We're going to have to uh, uh, we're going to have to broach it, my friend. We're going to have to broach it because, obviously, on last week's show, you were... Uh, Telling people to go and buy tickets for UFC London, weren't you? Yeah. You were giving it the bigger and you said, listen, get yourself down there. You get yourself down there. Are you, are you on commission? Is that, that what it were? <laughs> it definitely sounds You're like on some that, UFC commission. That's what it is, yeah. man. Um, for those that haven't seen the news this week, uh, the headliner is Manoa Anderson. We knew the fight was happening at London. It's great for Jimmy. Jimmy's uh, obviously one of our boys. We, boy? we love it. We love Jimmy. The poster boy, yeah. But we were anticipating a and other yeah. above that. Yeah, well, that's what we were kind of being led to believe that there was something else about to be announced. To be honest with you, hand on heart, I think they genuinely were about to announce something. Something's fallen through. But something's fallen through, yeah. Something's fallen off. And, um, you know, your shout about Cowboy, I don't think was wider than Mark. I think Cowboy could have potentially been the, the headliner. But that, what happened at the weekend, him getting beat, I think that's probably scuppered those plans now. But uh, mm. So, yeah, it's it's, you know... From a fight fan perspective, who's someone that's been to a lot of the UFC events, yet you know it's not, it's not a standout name. We've seen Jimmy fight here before, yeah. But then from a British perspective, it's great that our Brad guys Pickett, are Tom. getting the opportunities to headline these kind of shows. It'll be a great. Listen, it's a great show. It is. Yeah. It, it is a great show. It's just that people will obviously compare it to UFC London last year, where Bisping and Anderson Silva was the boys. Yeah. Then you'll compare it to UFC 204, which was in Manchester, and it was Bisping and Henderson with a yeah. fantastic stacked undercard with the likes of Vito Belfort and mm-hmm. Gegard Mousasi, uh, Jimmy himself knocking out Ovin St. Prue. All these types of guys, you're comparing it to those cards. Okay, it doesn't stack up, but it's still a great card. Brad mm-hmm. Pickett's last ride out. Get yourself down there. You should have a fantastic night yeah. uh, on March the 18th. Speaking of stuff that's fallen through. Neil Seary, your boy oh, Neil Seary. No, I'm gutted for Second him. time for this fight as well with uh, with McCall. He's out of 208, family bereavement. Yeah, his, his, uh, his mother-in-law passed away apparently and, uh, you know, he's, he, he, as as Seary's come out himself, he said, I've got to put family first, you know. Um, Rightfully so, man. Look, a- look after me family. So I know he's got about 15 kids. Um, so 
they, they, they've obviously a, a close-knit little family there, no doubt with that many kids. They probably rely on the mother-in-law to do, you know, to help that family. So it's probably, I'm guessing it's hit them really hard. No one no near like I do. Obviously, I was over in Ireland last year. Yeah, you did uh, a little dot with him, did you? I wondered about with him. We did a little interview and stuff, and uh, he's an absolute diamond of guy, and he was, he was just looking forward so much to it putting the rubber stamp on his career against someone like Ian McCall, like a, a top five fire, guy. Yeah. He was so excited to do that. Obviously, it didn't happen in Belfast because we had issues there because McCall got sick just yeah. before the weigh-ins. So it got moved to this event and obviously this has happened now. It's kind of like Ian McCall's cursed at the moment. This yeah. must be like the fifth or the sixth consecutive fight that's been cancelled on him. Um, where that, What that means for Siri, I don't know. You know, as I say, he was he was so looking forward to finally hanging. It'd be his hard to up. motivate yourself off the back of this. It would, yeah, because you you know you get that amazing opportunity in Belfast to fight a top five guy as your swan song. It falls through last yeah. minute, but you go, no, what? I'm going to continue. So then you go, you move to an event that's obviously in the US. Then this happens to upset your camp. I don't know whether Siri now might just go. You know what? Sack it. Yeah, I think the retirement fight is kind of cursed, or maybe I walk away. Or he's thinking. You know what? There'll be one more Irish show or a British show later in the year. I'll just do it on that and I'll sign off then. So it's uh, gutted for Neil and his family, of course. But um, hopefully McCall can get another opponent and stay on that card because, man, the guy needs to fight. He hasn't fought in about two years. Speaking of um, unlucky fighters when it comes to cards, Daniel Cormier, Mm -hmm. Rumble Johnson, number two at UFC 210. I put on our social media this week, when I first saw it, there was a little bit of a, a giddiness about me. I was thinking, fucking hell, that's a good one, that. Yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they've reconfirmed it. That's great. It's all good. Um, the reason why the first one was cancelled was because of an injury to DC. Yeah. Um, and I got excited for about 30 seconds. And then I remembered that it's a Daniel Cormier fight and they normally fall through at some point. So yeah. I'm not getting too excited. I'm not going all TT on it. I want to see it. I want to see this fight because yeah. I'm a big fan of Rumble, I'll be honest with you. But we'll get excited the week of the fight. I'll get excited when they make the octagon walk. <laughs> not even the week, mate, right? <laughs> when they, when I see them going into the octagon, I go, it's happening. Right, yeah. I'm excited about this then now. Exactly. And it's a weird one, of course, because obviously... Uh, Rumble fights out of Black Zillions. Black Zillions has completely and utterly imploded as a team. Um, whether he's gone with Henry Hooft, we don't know at the moment. You know, we'll have to wait and see what the what happens when the, the lay of the land sorts itself out there. But that's another stumbling block because at the moment Rumble hasn't got a team to prepare with. Don't need one, mate. Yeah, exactly, don't need one. Yeah. He knocks people out for fun. Yeah, exactly. He just needs to land. We know what his game plan is. What does he need to fucking train for? Right? We know that DC's going to try and take him down, and we know that Rumble's going to try and whack him on the chin. End of. Yeah? True that. That's the tactics done. Yeah. Um, and speaking of fights that we, we thought would get made, and then uh, just keep getting delayed and getting delayed for whatever reasons, Bispin Romero, right? Yeah. Now, Fact, Bispin has had his knee surgery. I've seen the pictures, mate. He's got he's got one massive, it's like an elephant leg, it, compared yeah. to his other leg, right? So he's he's in recovery now. He's had his knee cleaned up. We're taking the piss um, with why this has happened when he could have fought uh, Cowboy at 206, uh, sorry, GSP at 206. He could have, he, you know what I mean? Rather than take on Romero. Yeah. Now, he's not going to be back in action until May. That's his words, mm-hmm. okay? Or after May. They're now having a little bit of back and forth, or Bispin and Romero, on Twitter. And it seems to me, I'm, I don't know whether I'm reading into it too much, Bispin don't want this fight. Mm-hmm. Because, it, because it one, it's too high risk yeah. for too little reward. That's Completely. the key thing. Yeah. If this was a young Michael Bispin wanting to prove himself in the UFC, he would jump at the chance this would have been signed. We'd have already seen the fight. It will have happened, yeah. okay? But it's not. This is a guy 
who has spent all his life wanting to become world champ, he's now world champ. That's his bargaining tool. Mm-hmm. Now it's about dollar. What is going to make me the most amount of money? Yoel Romero does not make me amount uh, most amount of money, and there's a potential I might get my head kicked in, right? Mm-hmm. So the narrative on Twitter is all about USADA and all about drugs because, as we know previously, Yoel, let's just say, has enjoyed himself when it comes to uh, performance yeah. enhancers, whereas the most tested athlete in UFC history is obviously Mr. Bispin, yeah. and he's never failed a test. And he likes to remind Yoel about this on a day-to-day in fact, hour by hour basis at this moment on social media. Yeah. So, for me, how much bargaining prowess does Bispin have to stay away from that fight and maybe snag himself something with Nick Diaz, for example, yeah. or somebody else that's going to seriously wedge his bank account? Because, well, let's be honest, he's of an age. He ain't going to be around forever. No. This might be his last year in the UFC. We don't know. I think it is. Well, if, if, he, if he's beaten by your Romero, that's it. Mm-hmm. He ain't coming back. So he knows that every fight is a cash, cash them checks him type of fight. Yeah, I think uh, I get where Mike's coming from. I completely understand that he doesn't want to fight Romero. Romero's an absolute beast. See, we see what he did to Chris Weidman, um, and I think he does he does something similar to Michael Bisping. So the problem is, it's like Ty- Tyron Woodley against Wonderboy. Woodley didn't want to go back in with Wonderboy. Woodley was like, I want a money fight now. I want a Nick Diaz. I want a GSP. I want a Conor McGregor. I want something that's going to ring the registers, not a rematch with the guy that I've just had a pretty close fight with and a draw with. Mm. Um, the difference there, of course, is that it was a draw and it was a good draw. It was a good fight. And a lot of fans like, well, we want to see a conclusion. So I get the UFC there. I'm like, no, no, you've got to fight Wonderboy again. You just had a draw, for Christ's sake. So you've got to get take care of that business. Then you've got Damian Meyer, who's basically been sitting waiting for his shot for so long. And he's like, I ain't fighting anyone. I'm just going to wait for my shot. I don't care. And there's no way I'm taking a fight. I'm just going to wait for my shot. I deserve a shot. And he does. So Woodley's kind of locked down there at welterweight, even though he's dreaming of other fights. Bisping's in a similar position that you can call for these other fights as much as you want. Nick Diaz hasn't won a fight in the UFC in fucking about eight years. That's a fact. Anderson Silva. You know, these are guys that he wants to fight, but guys that aren't deserving of a title shot. With all due respect, Mike, Del, you know, Dan Henderson wasn't as deserving as a title shot than, but there was a narrative than most of the guys there. Got away but with you that had a narrative. narrative yeah. You had a story to yeah. sell. Yeah. There's no story to sell with Nick Diaz. Only the fact that it's Nick Diaz. And I people love a Nick. shitload of money. Well, that's what I mean. People <laughs> love Nick Diaz. So people pay to see it because people love Nick Diaz. But you, the UFC can't sell Nick Diaz yeah. as a legit title contender. Mm. Not when you've got Jacare and Rockhold and, and Romero all snapping at his heels. He can't do it. He's got to fight Romero next or give up the belt. Now, that might happen. You know, think about it. Why defend the belt against Romero when you could have a non-title fight against Diaz and make more money? That might be a possibility. He might just go, then I'll give the belt up. <coughs> I can't see Mike giving a belt up. Don't get it. It took this long to get a belt. Yeah, but he's achieved everything he needed to achieve. He, exactly. He's, he's done all right cash-wise now. He's, oh, he's, he's made done his, sensational. He's made his money. Yeah, he's, he's, he's made an absolute fortune. But this, is, but this now is about, we're on a limited time frame. This, this year, now- I think he finishes this year. I think Bisman's got two more fights in him. He's got two fights left. And I think if he fights, so they've got to be big checks. They've got to be big checks to motivate him to exactly. to go through the camp and do his thing. But a fight against Romero probably doesn't make him the same kind of money he got in his last fight with Dan Henderson. Mm. It probably doesn't generate the same amount of cash because he's not. There's no narrative. There's no story there. It's just Romero's an absolute. And there beast. isn't anything regarding any of those top contenders in the middleweight division, is there? There's nothing there that really stands out narrative wise that he's got beef with. But, but there's only really Rockhold that makes sense. Yeah, you know, because they should have a rubber match. 
But the problem is, Rockhold isn't fit. Rockhold had to win as eliminator with Jacare. If Rockhold had won that, then J- J- there was an argument that they could have sold the Rockhold fight before the Romero fight. Yeah. Because Bisping could have basically gone, I ain't fighting a drug cheat. I'll fight, uh, Rockhold. I'll fight Rockhold again for our rubber match. Again, you, you know, could get away with that. You could get away with that. You could sell that, and that would probably make more money than a Romero fight. This is the thing you see: Romero's not a cachet fighter in terms of he makes a lot of money for the UFC. Fans all want to buy into him. He's just a fucking beast. He's an absolute killer, mm. and that's the problem. And then Bisping knows it. This guy could tear Bisping apart in a round and end his career because it would. Could, it, it, yeah, just, could well. if he does, that's it. Well, I could see that happening, and then I could see Bisping maybe having a fight at the end of the year, maybe a, a rematch with Anderson, who's been asking farewell. for it as a bit of like this is me and out. I'll, I'll go in with Anderson Silver again because Anderson's moaning about it. I'll make a load of dough in that fight. And I'm away, and I could see Michael retiring at the end of 2017. After the 2016 he's just had, he deserves it. Yeah, he can do what he wants. He deserves it. The problem with Mike is there's no other fight to sell. It's got to be Romero. He's won all the eliminators. He's the number one contender. It's got to be in. You can't avoid him. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, before we get back to our um, pay-per-view numbered events, there's a little bit of action this weekend. A man that you were consistently talking to me about when we uh, first got together and started talking about mixed martial arts and uh, the UFC, the Korean zombie. Back in action this weekend, my boy. Oh, I cannot wait. This you is, love this, this guy is one you of my him. favourite Why? Fighters Why is he Because he's always in absolute wars. Mm. He's an absolute lunatic. He is not called the Korean zombie for nothing. He is literally <laughs> an extra off the walking dead. The guy is a bonkers. He's been out of the game for a while. He's, he's actually been doing military service. He does. You have yeah, to I do, heard that. You have is to that do two, two years yeah, yeah. Korean military service yet. So he's gone and done that. He's back now. This is his first fight back. Headlining. Against uh, Joe Benavidez, uh, Bermudez, Dennis Bermudez, the yeah. menace, who's an absolute killer himself. Yeah, yeah. Listen, this one, this one could be fight of the year if, if the old Korean zombie is still in there somewhere. You know, if two years of military service hasn't softened him. Oh, mate, he's been in there kicking shit out of anybody in, in camp. You, well, he probably yeah, he's probably <laughs> spent two years just beating up other people. Yeah, but uh, this one could be an early fight of the year contender. These two will absolutely love a tear up. They love going at it. Bermudez is a legit mixed martial artist. Got on the ground, loves to fight. You know, he's got a he's got a real fan base behind him as well. I really like this kid, but Korean Zombie for me, the, the UFC just kind of hasn't been the same without him. Mm. You know, he's a. I just hope those two years, as I say, hasn't softened him because I think if he's back and he's back firing all cylinders this weekend in Toyota, Toyota Center in Houston, mm. we could see an early contender for fight of the year. Is there anything else on that card that stands out at early doors? I'm having a quick look here. Adam Milstead's taking on Curtis uh, Blades in the uh, heavyweight division. I always look for heavyweights first of all, mate, see if there's any uh, knockout boys that are uh, that are loitering. But there's nothing that really stands out for me yeah. on that particular event. You're a man that knows a lot more about these fighters than myself. Anything jumping out at you? Um, I'm excited to see Angela Hill. Angela Hill starting the uh, opening up the main card against Jessica Andrade. Angela Hill was on tough. Um, then she had two fights. I think she got lost to Rose Namajunas. Then she lost to uh, who was the other one? I think it was the former champion. She'd had two fights in the UFC since tough. Lost them both. Got cut, mm. and then went to fight an Invicta. Invicta. She's been on an absolute tear. She's smashed everyone to bits. She won the Invicta Women's Strawweight Title. She looks like a completely reborn. Uh, and it was just because I think tough and the UFC opportunity just came a little bit too soon. She faced two girls who were very much in the top 10. 
two girls who were firing all cylinders, just got there slightly before her. I think the time away from the UFC and her Invicta has allowed Angela Hill to grow. She's really come on strong, and I'm expecting a massive performance from her at the weekend. I don't give a shit. That's the one that jumps out to me. I don't give a shit about any straw weights. I know you don't. Because Joanna will smash them all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've noticed that Ovin St. Prue's on that card as well, mate. Yeah. Uh, light heavyweight, obviously, where Jimmy did a job on in Manchester. It's a big fight for him because when you get sparked like that, yeah, exactly. you've got to come back with an impressive come performance back in yourself. Style. Because he's, um, yeah, was the John Jones fight just before? Yes. So he's on the he's on the he's on a bit of a skid. Yeah, he's on a bit of a skid at the moment. Yeah. So he needs to put in a bit. Of and he needs to rebuild it. here. This guy's uh, the guy who's fighting this Volkan is uh, a UFC first timer as well. He was supposed to be fighting Jan Blachowicz, which would have been a great fight, yeah. a real crossroads fight. Like the winner stays legit. The other guy really needs to go away and rebuild. He's fighting a first timer instead. So you need to see OSP putting in a big performance. But the other one I like on it, uh, able to heal against James Vick. That's a good fight as well. That could be a little belter. That's the uh, the lightweight fight. That's Coco Main. But uh, that jumps out at me too because I like James Vick. He's uh, always underestimated. But a former Golden Gloves champion, he loves to bang. And Torrio, you won't have to go looking for Abel Torrio. So that could be a little war as well. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Thank you once again for downloading our uh, show. Much appreciated. Um, If you've missed any of our previous shows, Go to fightdisciples.com. They're all there waiting for you. Obviously, next week we're going to be getting stuck into all the uh, build-up to UFC 208, Holly Holm, uh, in action, uh, looking to uh, become a two-weight world champ. Eh? Can you have that? Can you have that? Are we allowed to say that? Two-weight world champ? Two-weight world champ, yeah. She's the, new, she's the new Conor McGregor, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. We're going to be talking about that next week <laughs> uh, on, on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe via iTunes. You can do that by going through our website, fightdisciples.com. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.